Welcome back to the Pals Podcast. I'm your co-host, George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liorti. And this week, we had DJ and producer Ryan Shepard on the show. It was a great conversation. We got to learn a little bit more about how he's uh, been coping with COVID and how it's kind of put a, a little bit of hitch in his plans and, and his tour dates. Talked about uh, some of his upcoming projects. Rick, you want to tell him what, what he's been working on? Yeah, he's been doing a daily show Monday to Friday called Shep Talks. He's been working on a weekly Sunday, uh, I guess, DJ set slash future party called Hello Sunday. And then we also talked about his big break with Fill Me In featuring the Loud Luxury Boys. And we're also going to be running a contest to win a Ryan Shepard permanent vacation collab hat and shirt. So check the comments on Instagram to see how to enter. Yeah, it's uh, his apparel is awesome, guys. Uh, pretty jealous. Ricky's rocking one, so hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get my hands on one sometime soon, Ryan. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, but guys, it's awesome. We, uh, I know uh, he's a great guy, doing a lot of great things. So let's show him some support. And uh, my pal, what do we say? L F G. Let's go. Oh, man, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Man, good, good. So, Chef, uh, tell us what you've been up to during COVID. I, I've been following along on Instagram. I see everything. So tell us how, how you started doing all these this Instagram lives and, and all the interviews and stuff. Well, the thing I realized, I think, real quick off the hop was that, like, you know, you go from everything. It's not really a competition with other DJs, but it kind of is at the same time. But a lot of guys are like, you know, a lot further than others and they go on these crazy tours and stuff. But the COVID thing, everybody came to a halt. So you had to get really creative to try to compete with other people because you knew that they're going to be coming up with some really cool ideas of what they were going to be doing during the live to keep people's attention. So that's why for me, like I kind of sat back and I was like, okay, during like, what can I do using, you know, cause the limited resources that we have at the moment. So that's why, like, I realized that my network is pretty, pretty deep and I have a lot of friends in, in multiple different industries, whether it be health, music, um, sports, that I could get involved and, and just do a little daily talk of people that could interest, you know, a variety of different people and a lot, a lot of my followers. So I, I thought, you know, instead of me going on and, you know, playing the same music every day and doing live streams every single like day with people and some people are just sick of seeing me DJ, I was like, let's just do something completely different and just have conversations with people find out what they're doing, find out how their history of how they got started, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Like, dude, I'm learning so much about friends that I've had for so long that I'm just like, I had no fucking clue. Like there's so many things I'm just like, how, like, how did I not know this about you? That's why this is so cool because now I'm learning about it and everybody is too. And you're kind of learning all these different things. Like guys, like entrepreneurs who have like started like full companies, like guys who have just like came on, explained their whole story of like the, the usual, the usual entrepreneur story of them, like starting with nothing, taking a huge risk and then it just kind of paying off. Like, just little details that it's just like stuff that I like it's good information for me and it's good information for everybody else so that case it was really cool to to you know that these talks have been going as well as they have and people have been paying attention which is awesome um but besides that I just started this new live stream because I, I I I got I, I miss DJing so much and playing for people so I I got this idea I spoke with um some friends over at Red Bull and and Cottage Springs and 
basically they, they helped fund the rental of all the equipment that I needed because there was a lot of it because you don't realize this, but all those nice streams that you see are like, it's expensive, dude. Well, I, I think, I think sorry to cut you off. I think your girlfriend posted like uh, a picture behind the scenes. So like I saw yeah. it, like the computer, the stand with the cell phone, one angle. For, I think that was for Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. And then the other angle with the Instagram and so, plus the speakers and all the gear. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a GoPro in the front that gets the one angle. I got a wide angle lens behind it. while I'm like a really like fancy camera that my camera guy lent me. I also have the two speakers, all of the deer, all of the gear. Then I have uh, Red Bull wanted me to have a fridge in the corner. So I put a fr- I've, like the fridge, but you can't see it, but it's like bungee corded to the corner. So it fit in, in the shot. Then I had, I took, this is the funniest thing. This is the most Canadian thing ever. I took a suitcase, like a rolling suitcase. I pulled the handle up and I electrical taped two hockey sticks so that it <laughs> stayed upwards. Uh-huh. One had my phone taped on it so it stayed up like a stand. The other side had an umbrella because the heat was getting on all the gear. So I had to have an umbrella to like, she- like, sh- like shade it because my whole balcony is like covered in sun all day. So there was, it's like, it was the most like Jerry rig, like shitty rig thing ever. MacGyver. Like black electrical tape everywhere. But it worked. Fuck, it worked, man. It worked. It's such a Canadian so, setup, eh? Just like, it was. You too hockey. Making it work. <laughs> Honestly, it worked because like your hockey stick, because you realize almost it's like usually comes to your chin, right? And I'm almost, I'm almost six feet. So it's like, it was the right height because it's it right, at, right at like your eye level. And, it, and you just tape the phone because most camera, cam, cameras love the iPhone. It's on the one side. So you can get it right at the tip of the stick. Perfect. Uh-huh. Fucking perfect. It worked a lot better than I expected. Chef, yeah, before good. we get into Hello Sundays, because I do want to chat about that, going back to your Insta Lives, who hmm. was the most interesting person you interviewed during that? Like, I know you had Dan O'Toole from, oh. um, I think, TSN or Sports or whatever network he's on. Who is the most interesting person and why? Um. Honestly, we've had so many cool people. Um, that's tough because we had Jeannie Bouchard, who's my girlfriend's cousin, and you know I've been the biggest fan of hers forever. I think and we all are, right? But yeah, like she's she's been awesome. So for her to hop on and like give us the background story of kind of how she you know got into tennis and and you know talking about Wimbledon and shit and like her playing Sharapova, like that was I was like, yo, like, this is like cool content we're, we're talking about here. Like, that was really interesting. Obviously, Dan O'Toole, who I've become. It's so funny, because, like, I grew up, I think, like, we all did, watching TSN, SportsCenter, Dan yep. O'Toole, Jalen Wright. Always. I would go to my buddy's house at lunch in high school, and just, we'd sit there and, like, piss our pants laughing while, like, eating food at lunch or whatever. Man, so the Brabowski skits? Basically, dude, like, we're high school. So, like, like they're, the first, they're the first people to make, like, like, like sportscasting funny. Like, they actually made it. So, they, and they were... But they did it in like a, a Canadian way, which I think is why it didn't go as well when they were in LA. It was such a yeah. Canadian thing, and their jokes are so Canadian too. Um, but I loved, to be honest, like I loved every second of it. And like, and and like I, I, as soon as he came to Digital Dreams, he came to my set at Dreams, and he kind of, um, we, I sat the first day with him. Then I told him, I was like, Yo, I'm playing the main stage tomorrow. You should come back. He, he came for my set, stayed the entire time, and then afterwards came to the side stage. We hung out for the day. He loved the music. He had the best time at Dreams. He's never been to an electronic festival ever. And that was his first one. And I like showed him the ropes, brought him to the cool stages, showed him the dope artists like he had never heard before. By the end of the weekend, he was hooked. And then we became buddies after that. Like we've gone for dinners, like we go out for drinks a bunch of times. Every time I play a show in Toronto, he comes and also talks about me on Jan Dan every time. I've seen it, yeah. I've seen it. I've been on their podcast for the last three weeks. 
they just randomly somehow he he weasels my name in there somehow or jay will just like bring it up and it's the funniest thing ever because they're like making fun of edm but also like dan loves it so much that like he can't get away from it so jay's makes these ongoing jokes and dan just battles them right back but but hey my name's getting tossed around on, on a podcast that i listen to all the time so i was like please continue I'm okay. And, and, yeah. They say right, any press is good press. So man, that, that exposure, <laughs> even if they're poking fun at it, at least it's that, you know they're associated with you, so you're getting the exposure from it. So what, you know, can't That's go wrong that. That's it. And then another one, oh, we, and I did one the other day, and this is funny because when I do these, because um, you go on Insta Live, you share the follow the the followers. So basically, people will go on that that are the people who your interviews followers, and they'll comment and like your stuff, and then you get into conversations with them afterwards because they have more questions or whatever, and this one guy came on and he's the head of marketing for Grant Beach and Shaq's Funhouse in Miami. He's done so much stuff in Miami. He's ran tours for Carnage. He's done all this crazy stuff and I had no idea. So he hit me up and he goes, Hey, like, this is what I do. Like, can I, like, I would love to be on the show. And I was like, yeah, 100%. So I brought him on and like Carnage was in the chat. Shaq was in the chat. Like they're like, people are coming on and being like, yo, what's good? Like love this stuff. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like while this is happening. And like, I was, freaking out i was like yo like, there was maybe like 25 people watching it but like two of them were like these like heavyweights coming in to say what up and then <laughs> i was talking to the guy like and then like he was talking about how he threw like this this huge gronk party which was that he threw like four to five massive super bowl parties he didn't sleep the whole time like if you were at a super bowl party this past year in <laughs> miami it was probably him that marketed it which i was like this is crazy that this guy just hit me up i was like hey we'd love to be on like if you don't mind so i was like oh, okay like i wonder who this guy is i did i did some background research but obviously not enough we started talking. I was like, yo, this guy's a fucking G like in Miami. Next time I'm there, I was like, I was like, set, set me up. Cause like That's this guy's the real deal. Chef's yeah. going to be and playing I, some uh, Super Bowl parties soon. And I, as I told him, I was like, yo, I'm in, like, just let me know when I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be on my way. <laughs> Fuck man. You, know, you, brought up, you brought up Shaq as a DJ. Where would you rank his hype level in terms <laughs> of his performance? Like, if you could be on any show, where would he rank? Dude. The thing about him, though, is that I didn't realize was I went to the, the first ever Shaq, Shaq's Funhouse thing, which was during a Miami Music Week two years ago. And Rob Gronkowski was there and he got on Shaq's shoulders and he made, he, made, he made Rob Gronkowski look like he was in, like, grade five. Like, oh. the smallest, like, tiniest little person. And there was Shaq. But there's Gronk on his shoulders. So, like, you'd think, like, oh, they'd be, like, somewhat close to in, like, height nothing like literally probably came up to like here on him and like that's how you realize how big he is and I actually shook his hand but the guy's the guy's the nicest dude he's given back to the industry and the thing is same kind of thing with dan o'toole that happened to shaq he went, goes to one show and he goes yo this is hype as fuck i need to be a part of this and then now shaq is playing these massive festivals but on a hype level shaq is like a, the absolute 10 like djs go hard but shaq's like if he, he literally was like, I'm scared for sometimes the people in the front row because you never know if he's going to jump in or not. Because he has that look in his eye, like, I think I want to scrap her, but Crowley needs to kill somebody. Like, you yeah. need, like, a full army in order to get him up, I think. <laughs> like, but his hype level is on 10, so I got to give him that. I will, when I will. I, I see this. When I see it. George, you're froze, I think. He's, George, he's look good, though. He's like, Sorry, go Sorry cutting out there. Um. No, even when he's on TV, like Shaq's very like he, even though he jokes, is kind of serious. And even when you see him DJ, he's got like a straight face, but he's like doing his fist pump, and man, it kills me. I think if, if I could, if I could like, like go to dinner with anyone, like athlete wise, he, even DJ, whatever, he'd be up there for oh, sure. 
He's an absolute that legend. That guy has seen it all. From buying from buying tigers from Joe Exotic to fucking <laughs> like 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 you know playing those years of like amazing years with Kobe. Yeah. To you know, being in all these movies, like what was that one? He was a genie. Wasn't he a genie in some movie or some Shazam. shit? Back Shazam, yeah. Shazam. There you go. There you go. That guy has done it all. He's seen it all. You're right. Having dinner with Shaq would be insane. Legendary. Oh man, he's a guy. Crazy. Yeah. Imagine too, like, like having this, like, doing this live and having these guys in the chat. It's got to be distracting too. You're like, holy shit, I gotta mess these guys. You're trying to keep a conversation, but that's got to be super distracting, eh? Well, the funny thing is, he, he's so like subtle about it he goes oh hey Shaq and he's like continues what he was saying and he goes hey Carnage what's good like, like I was like yo like these are like massive massive people that are just coming in to say what up I was like this this is awesome I, I love this so no it was like I just loved how like he was just like ah eh, like brush it off meanwhile yeah you're right there's me like do I comment something or say something <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's like trying, trying not to, to be distracted Oh man, I was like trying to like pay attention to him, but I was like staring at the chat. I'm like, do I screenshot time. this? Do I screenshot this? <laughs> yeah, do I do this? Do I do this? I was like, nah. But That's the guy cool. was no, the guy was like super chill, and like he manages a lot of really cool artists too. I'm learning that with a lot of these people. Like, I'm talking to guys that run music festivals in in Phoenix, Arizona. I talked to some guys who um, this guy in Miami now. I'm talking to somebody tomorrow who uh, run who was like the head booker for a company called Disco Donnie. Which literally, if you went to a show in the states over the last like. I don't know, four or five years, like you've probably gone to one of their events. They're like the premier event in terms of like electronic music in the States. Like they have, they have, sh they have venues in every city pretty much. They do massive festivals. And like, I don't even know half of this stuff, but I'm learning, I'm learning so much by talking to all these guys because like, I, like there's so many things that like, I had no fucking clue. So it's cool. It's, it's a good, that's why I love these shop talks. Cause I'm learning so much about so many amazing people and the, the cool thing is the fault my followers are too and their followers are learning about me and it's interchanging it's really nice well, man even with us sorry georgie like with us when we started the podcast like we did it so we could hang out more and then just chat with our friends and chat with interesting people so not only could we learn but also the people that are listening can learn so much from it too and like we've had some crazy stories on here that you would have never have guessed like we just had erica branson on and he talks about like playing in Vancouver and how he basically like almost hated it because of like the media scrutiny and he got in his own head and you're like, man, this dude's six foot five, like just a monster. And he was scared yeah. of like, like he got in his own head because of the media and you're like, Fuck, man, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's no, I know. Even to your, both your points too. And I'm sure like, Chev, you're seeing this too. Like, even though like, we're, like all this stuff are locked down, I, it, you made a point earlier, like you feel like you're getting to know people more, like you're having conversations with people. Like, I mean, we're doing this, you're doing your talks and you're finding out sides of people. You, like, man, even some of my colleagues, I'm finding stuff out that like I had no idea more because you just like talk to people. And I think everyone wants to just like, you know, you talk so much on a daily basis. You interact with so many people. Now you don't. So you like keep stuff, you know, to yourself a bit more. So when you get to talk to someone, you're a little more open, I think a little more receptive to sharing and, and like you're finding out some cool stuff, but we never would have expected normally, which is awesome. Hundred percent. And like if, for me, if you would ask me, like even before before all this happened, like if I'd be doing a live like speaking thing every day, every weekday on on my Instagram channel, I would have laughed because like there's no chance. Like I don't feel like to be honest, I I don't feel the most comfortable in just going on and just doing like something so live every single day, having these conversations, getting these questions together. Like I'm not a talk show host. I, that's not what I was you know set out to do. I'm here to make music and play music, but. I love that it kind of put me out of my comfort zone a little bit, but also like, just like you said, I'm learning so much. I get to reconnect with people I haven't talked to in so long or like I've barely connected with. 
in the past. Like, and now I'm learning so much about them so that when I see them again, it's just going to make our relationship so much better. And I might be able to, you know, work on a lot more things together in the future too. So it's all just a win-win. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Something that you mentioned too, that resonates. You said it's like, you're doing something that you didn't think you were going to do. And even relating to this podcast, one scary part too, when you think about it is like, is anybody going to listen? Does anybody even give a like shit? Does anybody care? And then you start thinking, what if I'm spending all this time and energy to do it and, and nobody listens? But at the end of the day, you're doing it because for yourself to learn more, to, to engage with these other people, to chat, have good conversations, step out of your comfort zone. Because at the end of the day, when this COVID stuff ends, it's like, where do you want to be? Do you want to be on the side where you come out of this better than you were when you came in? Or do you want to be on the side where, you know, you, you, you regret not doing more during this time? Because we all have free time now. It depends what you're going to use it on, right? That was my biggest fear, I think, when this whole thing started, was that I was going to come out of this, like, so many steps behind everybody else because I didn't do enough or I didn't do anything. Because I think there's so many people out there that just were just like, uh, like, like, so, like, feeling upset about this whole thing that it's going on and just, like, being like, okay, whatever, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to kind of hang out and do whatever. But it's like I needed, I needed to make sure that I was doing something more and so that I, when I come out of it I come out of it at least like not behind definitely a little bit forward and and you know that was that was my biggest thing that like that's why the chef talks happen that's why like I'm, tr- I'm starting to do these live streams like you need to get creative and you need to find different things to do otherwise you'll like for me I'd go insane like I needed to be but like I, that thing is I started this year like with like so much momentum in music I had three tracks that I released in a row I had another like a few in a row I had all these all these shows lined up all these things so for it to come to such a sub such an abrupt halt it just drove me nuts well so like i can't stop i can't let the momentum just stop i gotta continue it and try to keep it moving so that was the one thing that i was like really really i really want, needed to pay attention to because i was like i really I need to figure this out but i'm not coming out you know behind uh, behind anybody well you're like you're creative right you're an artist so this is like is you know we're oddly enough like you it, you know kind of what you're doing is almost like you said like a talk show podcast live i don't know how you'd frame it but like, yeah, it's like yeah. right? we need a creative outlet and i guess by doing that i mean listen like me and ricky joke all the time we say that this was stepping out of our comfort zone anyone who knows us knows we talk more than anybody but it's it is different right because you're putting this out there like ricky said who's gonna listen but you know if you're doing something that you know you're meeting new people you're interacting with people doing uh different creative outlets like that still keeps you stimulated and motivated you even if something small like the little bit helps right and there's been some times in the talk when there's like two to three people but I, and i'm like oh is this worth my time am i should i should I, should I be still be doing this but then afterwards i'll like repost it let's say and let it sit for the 24 hours or whatever i mean i'm just not catching the right people at the right time but then random people that i've never met before are just like dude thank you for doing this like these are great i've watched all of them like I, even if it touches one person and it like helps somebody and it like yep. brings one of your fans closer to you and the, then it's for me that's a that's a win like that's a big one doesn't matter if it's one person or you know five thousand it's just like as long as you're you know like i don't know impacting someone during this time and helping and and yeah that's that's what you want yeah engaging sure. with people right engaging 100 percent, 100 percent. chef you mentioned that's, that you had some you, you were you were kind of on a, on a roll here at entering 2020 and you had some big shows canceled i, I yeah. one, one of the things i wanted to ask is you know what were some of the things that got canceled that you were most looking forward to in terms of like music? Yeah. Like any big shows that you had that you're like, yeah, ah, I mean, yes, I can't believe this. Yeah, happened. I, mean, I always, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
we all know because we're, we're we're Toronto boys, so we understand like what happens when as soon as the sun comes out and, and everybody wants to do something. So for yeah. me, I was like, I we had a lot of planning going on to to do something really big this summer. Uh, I've started this kind of this party idea, which is called the Shepping Party, and I bring out artists from either all of like friends of mine that are like kind of bigger, or I just bring out I put on local talent that I think are going to be like like blowing up to give them an outlet to kind of play because Toronto has so many incredible music artists and a lot of them don't even get recognized or some of them don't aren't good at networking or meeting the right people. But it's, but for me, I was like, I got to dig deep and find who these people are. So what I wanted to do is just this really cool outdoor event. I was looking at a couple of really cool venues and I wanted to just do a day, uh, a day of just like really good music outside once it start once it first got, started getting warm. So that was like something that I wanted to implement, which I still will when this is all done. But that's one thing I was really kind of excited and, and we got the ball started to roll on it. And, uh, and yeah, we had to kind of shut that down. Um, another big one, speaking of Shaq, um, I was on a music festival in, um, in Calgary called Chasing Summer. It was myself, Fisher, Loud Luxury, Frank Walker, um, uh, Diesel, fucking you name it. Like all the like massive artists, like all of us. It was going to be like just the most fun weekend in Calgary. And I've never, the funny thing is, is Calgary is one of the only major cities in Canada I haven't played. And I've had now two shows canceled in calgary and everyone meant to be. in calgary are just like yo i was going to come out like this is going to be the time now now this is the second one and this was the one massive weekend i got if <laughs> live nation booked me and they're like oh if you want to stay the whole weekend i was like yes i want to party in calgary the entire time i want to go to both days of the festival and so they're like okay done we're booking your hotel like everything is all sorted and yeah like that to me was like the biggest heartbreak loss of a, of a show because it was like all these artists, the lineup was fantastic. All all artists that I wanted to see myself, let alone like 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 be attending a festival. I was on the lineup. I had a really good time slot. Like all these things just like worked perfectly. And the thing is, it's August long weekend, so I was like, okay, we might be out of the clear here if this all works out. And like, yeah, sure enough, last week I got the email and the bad news, but it is what it is. That was the one that I was like excited, like really excited. Like I was talking to Celeste about it too a lot, and I was like we were all we were planning shit out what we're going to do in calgary i was texting all my friends that live there i was like hey get ready i'm gonna come in hot for this weekend and yeah that was that was a depressing one for sure <laughs> well, yeah just talking about it, i'm all fired up because i was like so excited <laughs> man i'm feeling the energy yeah yeah, yeah in, that was another big one for in sure. terms of like on the on the other side too because you got a few big tracks come out too like how has this on the other end of it been like a bit of a blessing? Are you spending more time working on music or has that big, kind of stopped big, as well? Big time. Um, that, the, that was the one joke I made like the first couple of weeks of this was that all your famous are all your favorite artists now have endless time to finish those projects that they've all been working on. Like I have friends of mine who like are like hardcore, like they like make like electro house, like hard music. My, my buddy's like, yeah, I just finished a lo-fi hip hop album. And I was like, what? He goes, I had all this time and I was smoking a lot of weed. So I just like wrote this album and it's really good. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, that's sick. Like, it's just so random that like, he was able to do that now. He's like, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've started projects and never finished them. But for me, yeah, same thing, man. The only downside for, for me was that the studio that I rent is in the basement of a medical building. So oh. I had to wait a little while before it all cleared out and everybody was like, and it was deemed safe for me to go back in. But over the last like like month or so I've been going back in and yeah like instead of me releasing these singles like I'm working on a four track EP right now and I'm literally done three of the four so I'm on the fourth one I'm like halfway done and when it's done hopefully I'm going to start you know shopping around and and yeah man I'm 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 
really excited about it, like super excited. So yeah, it's given me so much more time to just like hunker down and just finish so many, so many of these projects that I wanted to get done. And also when I'm do, when doing collabs, like I know everybody's home. Like you can't make excuses. Like if I, top line, if I need a top line from you, from a vocalist, you're at home. Like I you're, was like, just going to ask, like, I was going to say like, <laughs> what about getting your vocals done right now? Like, is it super easy because everybody's home or is it the opposite that like nobody no, has a studio to record? Oh, at least, no, that's the thing is you can call people out right now. Cause you're like, you're not on tour. You're not anywhere. <laughs> like you're at home writing. So it's like, be honest with me and tell me what the fuck you're doing and why you haven't sent me this vocal. <laughs> But but no no no. Like it's, a month it's, late. I haven't got these vocals. Yeah. People <laughs> on Instagram. I know no, you're home. No, no. <laughs> no, everyone's really good about it. Honestly, everybody's like. To be honest, this is when I've finally got answers from people because of this. People are like, oh my god, I've been meaning to send you this. My bad. Here you go. Or I'm reaching out to vocalists that I've admired for so long that you know I've emailed in the past and never got a response back. I'm hitting them up now, being like, hey, like if you have anything on the shelf that you've never really used before would love to try to mess around with something because that's the only way I can do it. Send me acapellas, send me projects, send me ideas, and I'll let you know which one I like. And yeah, everybody's been super good about responding and sending me all their stuff. So, but yeah, the, no excuses. This is the best time to call people out. <laughs> but no, it's been good. good. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. So even going back to me, we're festivals. So you've played, you played Dreams and you played Escapade in, in Ottawa. That's right, yeah. Those two, between those two, which one you was a better experience? Like, which one did you think was the, the bigger festival or, like, just had a better time overall? <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Because my heart will always be in dreams because I worked for Live Nation as an intern on the 2014 Digital Dreams, which is the best one of all of them. So that was I the was Cascade one, right? What was that? Was that no. the Cascade one? I think so. It was the one with yeah. the iconic, massive stage. It was the biggest... It's still one of the biggest festivals in Canadian history because there was like 70,000 or 80,000 over two days. Yeah. It was insane. There was the, the, that massive like, beachfront, like, like um, this massive beachfront stage. And it was just the sickest year. Anyways, yeah, that was like one of the best experiences ever. And then, the, then to be able to DJ that festival three years in a row over the last three years, it was, you know, like to me, it was like super special. My parents even come. Like, it's one of those things where it's just, like, an amazing experience. Mark Russell, who I know you guys both know really well, is the biggest gem. And he you know, hooked me up big time. We, we used to live together, like, the guy. And he, he brings me on. He takes really good care of me. And he does such a good job with Dreams. So I'll give, I'll give Dreams definitely the benefit of the doubt with this one. However, I must say Ottawa has done a great job, too, because um, where the Red Blacks play is this massive area in Ottawa. And it's beautiful. They've recreated this. Well, the massive new stadium, there's a local, like they have in Liberty Village, they have one there too. And it's like overlooked all of like where the stadiums are. So their, their location is beautiful in, 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 um, in Ottawa. But I mean, the Ontario place in Toronto is also just incredible. So yeah, uh, yeah I'd say better experience. Uh, def- I mean, I get, definitely got to give the nod to Dreams. And also, Mark, um, I played both days last year. Uh, the first day I, um, I played, uh, yeah, sorry, the first day, I was given my own stage, which was the coolest thing because I gave I was given this uh, Riverside stage. Riverside, yeah, yeah. On your way out, when you're walking out of the venue, you have to pass it. And my set time started at 11, so no matter what, you had to funnel out past that stage in order for you to get out. And I think we both can understand. We can all understand that when people are just finished at 11 p.m. raving, they're, 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 they don't want to go anywhere. So the second they hear any note of music, they're sticking around. They're like, oh, so, who's that? So they're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And they had to walk past it. 
so I looked out at one point because it was like it was res and then res's set ended and all these people had to funnel past and everyone stopped and it went so far back and I played for a while and then Frank Walker hopped on we played back to back and like people still to this day like will talk to me about it which is really awesome and then the next day I played um, I played the main stage uh, which was again an amazing experience like it always is and uh, and yeah just had the best day after that because I was like I was like now I'm done I played both days. My weekend's like set to go now, and I just partied after that, which is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, give it to, I need give it. a big shout out to Mark Russell, man. That guy's like, shout out to Mark Russell, man. So like, many times, like he's taking care of. I remember we went to Mumford, me and Georgie actually a couple of years ago, like sold out at the amphitheater. And I messaged Mark like day of, and I'm like, Mark, like please, man. Lawns are like two fifty a piece. Like I don't mind paying like normal price, but like can you help me? He's like, don't worry, I got you. Got us like first row 200 level, like just above the floors, like unbelievable. Yeah. And actually, I went, I was one of the most generous people out there, man. Yeah. Like, I like, you can barely know him. And you mess some day of show, which most people be like, go fuck yourself. I'm not giving you shit. He's like, all right, I got you. What do you need? And, and he'll, he'll take care of you. He's the best for that. He, for sure. with me and Mark actually, went, I went with him to um, Matoma and um, two friends. I had no idea who two friends was. I thought Matoma was like the headliner. Yeah. Apparently, Two Friends is like equally as big. Yeah, I had dude. no idea. Yeah. It's just dude. all mashup music. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you must have, yeah, that, that's your, you love Matoma too. From back I was like the back oldest back person in the crowd though. Like I was noticeably old. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. He's, he's real good. Yeah, real I was having a good time. Actually, speaking yeah, of Matoma, the best set we've seen, I've, I've only seen him once and we saw him at Coachella in, was it Matoma, Rick, that brought DMX out or, or did he yeah. bring yeah. yeah, yeah, he has that. I guess he remixed one of his songs. There's a collab. Yeah, yeah. He brought him out of Coachella. We're like, at the, we're in the stage. Uh, the Sahara. Did he Ja Rule as well? Yeah, Ja Rule. And then, a, like, uh, I think, a, like, uh, la, I, uh, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking Like, not Latin. Shaggy. Like, Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy, yeah. Wow. It was nuts. Dude, like, back wow. to the Sahara tent. The next coming out, I think, was the funniest. Like, what tropical house DJ would you expect to bring out, <laughs> like, an old-school rapper? Oh, it was hilarious. Man. You know what's good. funny is I'm sure that set is online somewhere. I'm going to put that on as soon as it's done. Because I know that shit is heat. Like, that's, that's oh. that, like, good, like, while you're making dinner, that's the good stuff to, like, toss it on for sure. That's so sick. Rick, Rick like, loves that stuff. Anything tropical house? Ricky messaged me oh, two, two minutes before the one the gun. too. Rick. It's like, uh, oh, by the way, Kai going tomorrow. I was like, Rick, man, like, <laughs> give me a break. I'm like, these guys are like on his phone waiting for this day. <laughs> man, I love Rick my, loves my tropical, tropical house. house. Loves tropical house. Sunshine, tropical house, couple sangrias. Oh, I'm, uh, not, I'm having a good day. Does, I will, I will give you that though. It's it, on on the right in the right environment. It is just the perfect type yeah. of music. Like it's like yeah. it's like. It's like happy. Like you can't not be in a good mood. Your energy's in the right place when you're listening to stuff like that. And like especially outside, people are the energy's high. Everyone's like having a good time. Like that's the music that you put on. Yeah, and when you hear like the nice saxophone come on at a beach party or something, you're like, all right. Like, Ricky gets up immediately. Just fuck. I can see this. <laughs> <Parts> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> yeah, shirt off immediately. Immediate shirt off. <laughs> Ricky can shirt off any excuse. But see, I'm like, I like that music. It's amazing in the, in the summer. But see, your music, like your songs, are more up my alley. Like drinking in LA, like the heavy bassline, that stuff. Even yeah. like you made a comment for like Fisher, like kind of that deep yeah. groovy stuff. I still yeah. find that is like it's similar. If you hear that in like a day party, like that stuff has a good beat to it. Yeah, yeah. More of my speed. I agree, man. I agree. And to be honest, like I used to play the heavier, like future house, electro house, like that kind of like banging, hitting stuff. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. I still love it. 
but time and in place, you know what I mean? Like, and that thing is I found out that like making that, that more groovy house music, like still, but still adding those like heavier elements of the electro stuff, but like keeping it more dancey, like I see it resonate so much better with um, not only the people that listen to the music, but also myself. Like I enjoy DJing it more. Like I enjoy that music so I can dance to it more. My energy is more. And, and, and it gives off to the crowd too, when that happens. So that's yeah. why like, if you see my progression of what I've made from maybe let's go to, my track, like right now, for instance, it's more hard, heavy, like hitting, hard, harder hitting. Now you go to what I'm making right now and uh, like Drinking LA and like even that Don't Hold Me Down record. Like it's less, but it's still got that groove. You're still into it and more, and it's more accessible, I think, to a lot more people because it's with, like easier listening than the other harder stuff for sure. So you mentioned you have, you've done three of the four of this new EP. Is this like a mix? Is it like a, like a, couple of one style one or the other or is it all kind of the similar genre you're saying like you're going towards now it's all pretty much in the same lane um that's one thing that i figured with myself was that you know i put out fill me in which was like my biggest track and love the track but the thing is is like i wasn't loud luxury went in that direction because we were both kind of in that same element but i always wanted to play more club bangers like i wanted stuff that was like not necessarily going to be the best for radio i wanted stuff that like you could dance to it was like more hard hitting um, but to be honest, man, like I, I, the stuff I'm making now is very similar to the drinking LA, like side of, side of things, like a lot harder hitting, like kind of more tech house, space house kind of feel. Um, but yeah, they're all in that same realm, but the same time is, is because of, like I said, I'll talk about all these top liners. Uh, we've had time I've been able to get, get my hands on some really good ones. So it's bringing in that kind of emotional element of the film me in, but also adding that tech feel where it's like, it's still gritty. So it's going to, I think, attract a lot more people to this one for sure. Nice. Awesome. Shepo, I wanted to ask, so let's let's rewind a bit, go back to kind of, I'm not saying the beginning of your career, but when me and you met back in what, like 2014, 13, 14, 15, around there? I want to talk MP days. Are we allowed to talk MP days or no? Yeah, man, we can talk MP days, yeah, for sure. Media Planet, man, crazy times back then. I, I, so, need, I, need, I need to talk about this, because this is the best. This is where, like, Ricky and I's relationship kind of grew. Well, so that, for the, yeah, for the listeners who don't know, me and Shepard... We used to work together at a company called Media Planet back in around 2013, 2014, give or take around that time, maybe 2015, in that, in that rough area. So we worked yeah. together for probably about, what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, when I worked for Lab Nation, I, like, I was an intern, and then basically Inc. and Lab Nation merged, so Electronic Nation was no more. I had no job, and I wanted to, I wanted to keep working in the music industry. It wasn't working out. I had a friend of mine who was like, hey, this, this company's hiring. They're pretty good. And to be honest, I just wanted, um, I, I heard sales job and, and that was, I was super interested in that because I didn't, it was something that I didn't know what to do. Like I have a, I have a teaching degree and then I have more event marketing post-grad. Like I was all over the map. So I was like, I want to try out sales and see how it is. But yeah, somebody, somebody put me on this company and it was great. So sorry. That, that was basically No, I, well, I was just going to say, so when we met, you were basically just doing, you were just DJing. There was no tracks. There was no, you, no you're, like, you're making really mashups. My life, yeah, <laughs> it was a weird time. I was playing shows, but like not many of them. Like I was a Toronto DJ. I was also a promoter. Well, you're also like, from uh, Sudbury. I I grew up in Georgetown, and that, but I went to a school in Sudbury. So I yeah, so my, my parents were in Sudbury. I have a lot of family up there. Um, but um, but yeah, I was in Georgetown. So I was like this small town kid, you know. And yeah. uh, I was going to get into Toronto so bad, and I wanted to be cool. And man, 
I was just I like I, as a I was like one of those like fuckboy promoters and DJ way <laughs> too cool in Toronto. I was man, I'll admit it straight up. Like I'm gonna straight up admit it. Like I was I was one of those guys like joggers and and way too much Vitaly, like that kind of shit, bro. Like that was, and, like, and and yeah, like I came into Media Planet just thinking I was way too cool and like I, I they hand me the job, like I'm like that kind of shit. And I, it was such a rude awakening because, like, I got in there just thinking I was just fucking the coolest person there. And, like, all I was talking about was music and whatever. And, like, people were actually working. And, like, I wasn't. And, and like, I, like, when I should have been. And it was, like, I was, like, eventually, like, I, I'm as a former athlete, like, my competitiveness was, like, I can't just, like, because then people were just, like, yo, because I was actually really shit at this job. I'm not going to lie to you. And eventually I was, like, hey, I became, I turned it into, like, me getting mad at myself and competing with myself to, like, make sure I could do this. So I like put in the actual effort, actually focus, step back from that like mentality of all like I was just gonna do nothing but just just be there for a little while and just and then get back into music as soon as possible and actually focus. And yeah, Ricky and I worked together for so long. I ended up having the best time at this company that it and it changed me as a person. It made me better as a person. Yeah, I learned so many amazing skills. I, I have long, lifelong friends that I haven't that I literally still have. I, my ex-girlfriend, like, like we met at this company, like so many things fell into place at this company. And like what the job was extremely difficult for sure. I mean, it was eventually it got a little old cause it was print media sales. So like, you know, print's not really, you know, that thing. And it did get old, but the same time is, is like, we had some good times. This company was something else, dude. Like, well, we, we, had, we had some very good times. But the reason uh, I was even <laughs> asking about that is cause I wanted to take it back. I wanted to say, what was your first big break? Like, what was the first thing that helped you go from small town DJ to, okay, you know, is it, uh, I'm, you're gaining some momentum, you're gaining some traction. Was it, let's say, Digital Dreams playing that and Mark Russell? Or is it, you know, fill me in? What was your, your big break? Well, the funny thing is, is this is like a, this is an interesting story. So when I was releasing Fill Me In, I, I, was, um, I was working at Media Planet when I was working on it. And I just started it and um, I took a vac- vacation to Los Angeles and I went there to visit some friends, uh, including the Loud Luxury guys. Um, and so we're down there. I was working on this idea. Um, I snuck into the pool at the Lowe's Hotel because in, the L- in LA, you can get away with a lot of shit. You can, like, I walked in saying that I was staying there. It wasn't. Stayed by the pool for the day. I put my bill on a random room number for the day. And I drank <laughs> so much that day. Okay, This is a real story. I sat at the Lowe's. I was, I was really working on filling me in. I texted a buddy of mine. I was like, yo, I got this open tab at the Lowe's. Come over. So he comes in. We sat there and we worked on Fill Me In together. We had a little like splitter cable. And I was like, I got this vocal. I'm a big, I, I, I love Craig David when I was younger. Really enough, I love like 90s R- R&B. Like I got, went from like Backstreet Boys. And when I heard like that like, soul R&B shit, I was like, yo, I'm hooked. I was in. And I, so I loved all that shit. So I had this vocal and I found this acapella for Craig David's Fill Me In. And I was like, I love this. I need to make this. I think this has potential. So I pitched it down and I was messing around. And like, we, we drank all day at the Lowe's Hotel for free. And like, we sat there and I looked at my one buddy at one point because we like created this baseline. And I was like, yo, this shit is heat. It was so good. And I was like, yo, I love this. I love this. <laughs> so that night I had to go, I was going to, to, to Joe Andrew's place. And I went into their house and they had, it's funny because Joe and Andrew at the time were sharing a room. They shared a bedroom together. And when one of them wheeled a girl, like one of them had to sleep on the couch where the other one take, took the bedroom. So like that night, Joe wheeled some girl and, and Andrew and I slept like head to toe, like this way on this couch. And it was like, it was like the funniest thing. 
But anyways, that the next day we got up together, went for breakfast, went, I was hanging out with them, and I was like, yo, I got this idea for a track. Let me know what you think. They listened to it, and they listened to it again. And like, Joe and Andrew are very honest. Like, they'll be like, this is fucking trash. It's trash. Um, they were just like, yo, this is actually really sick. Can you send us the stems? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went home. I went back home to Toronto, back to work, back to whatever, and just didn't think much of it. Um, then they sent me this idea, a few more ideas, and we were working on it together, and it just, like, came – it, it turned into this like beautiful track that I was like so proud of. And to be honest, I hadn't really released anything besides that. So I was like, really like, this was like my first release. And I was like so excited about it because it was actually very good. And sure enough, like a little bit after that, Tiesto's team, they, they opened for Tiesto at Cabana and they played another show with him, I think somewhere else in Canada. And they were out with him or they sent him this track and he immediately got on email and was like, I need this on my new label after hours. Like I need it. And the Joe and Andrew emailed me and they're like, yo, like he's, he's serious. Like he wants this track. And I was like, I didn't believe him. I was like, there's no fucking way. He's like, no, he wants it. He signs the record. And basically like I'm on emails with Tiesto. So I'm freaking out. I'm in like bed and I'm like on emails. And it's like his actual name, Tice, like T I E S. It's all like, and it's all like Dutch. So it's got all the little dots and shit everywhere. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is a real deal. Like, I was like, this is it. And sure enough, like, I didn't know really what I was doing. I was way too green going to this. A lot of us, you guys knew what they were doing. They knew to have tons of records after. They knew it was going to be big. I'm like, great. I'm putting out a record. That's all I care about. So, so the song comes here. out. Yeah, just happy to be here. So song comes out on December. Tiesto releases it in a mix that he does on as end of year after hours mix on spotify so what a mix is on spotify is, is it's an actual mix that you'd hear like a dj set but all the songs are separated so you listen to them individually and all of a sudden i keep checking like my inboxes and my and my social media and i'm getting tagged in so much shit like blogs that i've followed since i started djing like posting my stuff posting my photo yeah, asking astronaut, stuff like that yeah, yeah, dancing astronaut, all these like, all like EDM.com, like all these massive like fists in the air, all this stuff like that I've all, that I used to only I go there to get my music all the time, and they're hitting me up, tagging me and stuff, asking me for bios and press picks. Like I was like, what the hell's going on? Then all of a sudden, mom, the song, mom I need new press picks. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I need, I need two hundred bucks to get new press shots. No, I literally, just, I was like, okay, okay, fine, fine. So I get, I put it, we we get this all together, and then all of a sudden it. It hits Spotify, but it hits it with a fucking bang, man. And, and Martin Garrix gets a hold of it, reposts it. Heldens reposts it. Tiesto on New Year. So what Tiesto does on New Year's is he flies to multiple cities to do multiple countdowns because he gets on a jet. He'll do it in one time zone, then go and do another time zone. He played it three times in three different time zones at midnight. The song. Fill me in. So I'm getting tagged, and there's people in, like, Colorado being, like, at Ryan Shepard Music. There's people at, at Loud Luxury. Then there's Tiesto on his own fucking like Snapchat being tagging me with my name in his Snapchat. And like, he's with Dave Grutman, Dave Grutman tagging me in his Snapchat at live. And I was like, yo, like what is happening? Then I see it hit every single playlist on Spotify. So Austin Kramer is the main EDM guy that I'd like to so like, like mint and all those like heavy playlists that you, that you like you see on Spotify. He runs all of those and he put it in every single one. So Spotify is like with like, like, so with three, like, let's say like there's like 3 million subscribers on these playlists. It's like number one at the top. And so it does number one global, global viral charts. It goes number one in, I think it was like 13 or 14 countries. 
It did. Um, it was the number one Shazam track in Russia for a while. And I think now it's up to, I think, 80 million streams worldwide, which Jeez. is like, so Dude. yeah, that, that, that 100% was, was the stepping stone into, you know, getting booked for festivals, getting booked for shows, getting this Armada deal that I now have, like all these things, like they was fill me in a hundred percent changed my life and, and, and let me, and gave me my foot in the door to music. That's 100% the truth. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> Dude, yeah. like, like I was, uh, I mean, for context too, I, I used to DJ when I was in London. I'd play, I like, I'd be like Cobra London. I met like Max Vangelic and like some of the guys. And I thought I was like, this is sick. If my phone was going off on New Year's <laughs> Eve from Tiesto, I'd be like, I'm yeah. like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Do I just like roll out the red carpet? Yeah, yo, Rick, can't be friends with me anymore. I'm famous now. Don't yeah. <laughs> deleting everybody. Yeah, yeah, Break up with my girlfriend, just see ya. <laughs> come out. Nah, I've never did it for the boys. If anything, I take the boys along. No, that's basically what that's it was. That's awesome man. though, man. Like, that is, it was, that's it was such a cool dude. It was like it was a life-changing experience and like it brought me because like typically when you're making music at this stage like you pray for moments like that because it let, gives you that in because then now people recognize their name they've seen it before i was then able to email guys that i've always been wanting to get a hold of that always ignored me were now responding like it just opened so many doors for me in so many different ways in music and like and it's crazy because like I, always, I say this to everybody all it takes is one track all it takes is one and like with one blows up or one gets the right person's attention like all good things could happen. And like, look at Loud Luxury. They had that one and then they had Body. And it just, and Body is like, see you later. Like, 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 Bill Mian was great, but Body fucking went nuts. So it's like, again, like all it takes is like one big one to get yourself in that inner circle. But it's like, even if you don't though, like keep putting out music, keep making music. Like one thing that Sean Frank once told me was that um, he literally told me, he goes, one thing that I regret was not putting out more music. He goes, I sat on stuff and I just was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be good enough. I don't know if it's whatever. Like if it affects, you know, even if it doesn't get like 30, 40 million streams, even if it does something, it's going to generate people noticing you and seeing you pop up on playlists and people are going to be adding it into DJ sets, like release more music. Like that's one thing I tell people all the time is like, one is patience because nothing happens overnight. People message me all the time on socials. Like, how do I, how do I get into like this show? How do I do this? How do I do that tomorrow? Like, and they haven't really, they've only been in the industry for fucking a month. So it's like, it, I've been doing this for eight years, dude. So it's like, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't exist. You get luck. Some people get lucky. Sure. Like they get lucky and things happen and good things happen, but it's like, you need to be prepared that this might not happen for like five years. Like, and just keep working your ass off, keep grinding, keep meeting the right people, because that's the key to all of this shit. I think that happens with a lot of industries, too. Like, like if you think this is going to happen in, like, a year or two, like, it most likely won't. If you get lucky and you're that big, that tremendous of an artist, great, good for you. Like, but if, if you're being honest here, like, it's going to take time. And that's the big thing is, 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 is the patience factor, for sure. It, like, so, yeah. Good point too, though. Like a lot of people, you know, you hear that more often now. Whether it's anything, especially in the creative space, whether it's like DJing, trying to act, whatever, making like a podcast, whatever you do, it is time. No one sees how long you've spent. Like you said, eight years. I mean, even your point, like like Joe, when I was DJing at Western, I was in like second. I started around second year, third year. I'd be two thousand and like ten. So like Joe and I were playing back then, and like like he would would alternate. He'd be before me, I'd be after him. But he was like playing from then consistently, and like kept going so think about how long he's been like putting in same as you like, people don't see that side right they see you have one hit it gets 80 million and then they okay what's the secret recipe and you got to put the time in like you gotta that's, grind 
that's it, man. And that's what everyone doesn't see is the, is the shit that goes into it. Like even just the little things like this, like this live stream I'm doing, it may look like it's just this, this little table and, and like one camera, but like it literally took me. And because of COVID it's tough because I don't want to put my, like my friends and my camera guys like at, and like sound guys at risk. So it's like, they're like, we're on zoom calls, like for hours on end. And I'm like, this doesn't work. What's going on? What's going on? And like, they're trying to instruct me because these guys know what they're doing. I'm learning all this from nothing. Take down, set up all me, like all this shit. It's like, it's, there's so much effort that goes into these things that people, people see the outcome. Like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll tune in for 20 minutes and then turn it off. Like whatever. But it's like, they don't see that. This is like, like there's, there's so much people effort. People don't really see the, how, how much work goes into the background to make things happen. Right. Like everyone's like, Oh, you like, you made a podcast. Okay, cool. It's like, actually, yeah, it's a little bit more than that. Right. But no, same thing <laughs> with the live stream. Right. Like there, there's, there's hours spent behind the scenes, like setting things up, organizing and all that fun stuff. Right. And that goes into everything. Like if you do something properly, it's going to take you more and more time to, to do it. And, and, and yeah, like that's, but again, like, like going into everything from music to like, people just see the outcome of it and the song come out. They're like, Oh, this is dope. Like, but they don't know like how many times I sat there during the mixing process or matching process going crazy being like, is this perfect or not? Should is this ready? Is this not ready? How many nights I've spent like a sleepless trying to figure out or get something done that I needed for like a mix the next day or whatever it was. Like there's all these things that go into it. People see the lavishness of everything, but they don't see, you know, everything else that goes into it. And it's tough, man. Like on the mental health, on, on physical health, on everything. Like this is, this music industry has been, is the biggest roller coaster. That's how I explain it. It's the biggest roller coaster ever, because no matter what, like as much as you're high, you're never going to stay all the way up there. And you're going to, the lows are super low. And, and, and yeah, man, it's, it's, it's the biggest grind and it's tough on you because as much as it might may seem to everybody that things are always perfect and not like, like 90% of the time. Like they're like, it's a battle. There's so many different things, whether it be like shitty record deals that you're kind of stuck in. And then you're worried about lawyers. Then there's like music industry is tough, man. It's like, and, and the way I explain it too, is like, it's like going for a job interview where 4 million other people are also applying that are all just at your caliber. Cause it's like, how are you going to like differentiate, differentiate yourself because everybody's making amazing music. Everyone music's so accessible these days because of everyone can grab a laptop and, and download a program and can now make music. And it's, that's a good thing, but also it's, it's, it's tough because now the competition is crazy because it's so hard to break through. So it's like always trying to stay relevant, trying to stay on top of things, like doing things like, like the talks and the streams, like it's hard, but I love every fucking second of it. I'll tell you that right now. I love it. I love it. That's the important thing, man. You have to, especially like to your point too, like it, the, the roller coaster, right? Like you had a bunch of shows lined up for this year, and like look what happened. Like, this is and this wasn't even in your control. Like no, this is something like no. it's not like you made a bad record, and they're like, okay, we don't want you. No. You had no. to line up, and something out of your control does this. So I, like I mean, I can't even imagine. But I mean, you seem to be no, like in a positive spirit, and you're like you're you know you're adapting it and persevering. I guess is the, that's the right word, but. Yeah. yeah, man, I can't even imagine what that's like. So good for you for kind of powering through it. I mean, yeah, man, it's like that thing. I didn't have a choice. So it's like, it's like, and that's the thing is I, I made a promise to myself, I think at the end of a couple, like a year ago that I was, I'm all in. And that's the thing is like, I'm going, I'm going to give this everything until literally I, I have to step away. And if there's that chance that I have to step away, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be something like serious that for me to really have to like step away from it. Cause I think I've worked my ass off to get to where I'm at and like, you know, it does suck that these kind of things happen, like where a global pandemic sweeps through and fucking ruins an entire tour. But besides that, as long as you keep the spirits up and, and you keep having fun, like yesterday I had the best time. I DJed for two hours. 
I had neighbors on my street all coming out and partying and I had people watching it. We raised money for a bar. Like that's what it's all about. Because like, I like, literally commented on that. I was like, this is yeah. the best, like your neighbors are like tuning in for like a free, like perfect show. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, they had no idea like who I was or whatever, but it's like, it was so funny. Like people stopped on their bikes and like, I, I was playing disco house for like the second half of it. And like people were on their bikes, like stopping like on the street and dancing. And like, just, it was, you could tell that yesterday was the day where people were just kind of like turning over a little bit and like happy to be outside and everyone was in good spirits. So it was definitely the right day to do it. And I'm just excited to just keep doing it because to be honest, that, that was the one thing that I've missed the most is like just DJing and like feeling the energy of a crowd and being out there and just vibing out. And like, that's the one thing that just kind of killed me. Cause like I had, before the whole COVID thing happened, I played a show in LA and a show in San Francisco and at two of the best nightclubs in both those cities for house music. And like, I was like just on cloud nine. Cause like, these are, these are venues that I dreamed of going to, let alone playing at and getting to play there and like, and like being a part of these amazing shows and the crowd are like the crowd shows up at 9 PM and they're there till three. They don't move. They, they're stuck and they're the, and they're, they're wild. Like the, 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 the club in San Francisco called audio, the dance floor has like a little like spring thing to it. So your knees don't hurt throughout the night. So you can party for a long time. So like the dance was like kind of bouncy. It has some give so that your knees don't hurt. It's, it's just crazy shit, man. Like, but it's like amazing crowds, amazing fucking time. And that's why it just like, it kills me to like, have to just like, just play for Celeste to just kind of sit there and like, <laughs> and, she's and she just does this once in a while. <laughs> like, good. But I know that people are watching and people are enjoying it. And I, I, I'm going to start posting them too on YouTube. I think just so there's just more content. Cause that's the main thing right now is, is I can't do photo shoots. I can't, you know, be on tour and show. Cool well, Celeste can't take pictures. What's she that? Press <laughs> photos. She she literally took photos yesterday during the set. I like she I actually like was gonna post them because I'm desperate, man, for content. I'm running out. I'm, running out. I'm like digging through like old stuff. Like I think I've like I started my second sleeve and like all my older pictures. Like if, I'm like I want to post all these photos and stuff. Like these are so out of date. Like you don't have. <laughs> Even this sleeve wasn't even done. And I was like, this is gonna, people are going to call me out. These are the oldest, best shots ever. <laughs> Your boy's <laughs> like, Ryan, that picture's three years old, buddy. I get it. The air has to change. But... Yeah, the, the jawline during quarantine isn't as nice, that's for sure. So I was like, we're going to know for a fact that that thing's older. <laughs> Speaking of content, I actually have a question on that. So what's the rhyme or reason behind the, the layout on the gram? So I, you, you notice that, like, if you swipe, there's, like, a double. And even today, I was going through, looking through one, and I yeah. noticed it was, like, a double, If I'm unless I'm crazy. It was a double and a double, and it might have been those shows you're talking about. I saw, yeah. like, the black and the white and the black one. I'm like, wait, is this four <laughs> shows or is this four different drops? I was, like, I was listening so carefully because I was like, wait. And I'm like, no, this is the same ones. That's so <laughs> What's funny. the logic behind, behind the layout yeah. on that? So, I mean, so here's the one thing. is like, everybody nowadays, like, the, every meeting that I've gone to with, new with my either my management or um with promoters with uh agents everyone's like you got to have some kind of branding that makes you stand out that like people are like oh you go to your you go to my page you know that that's what you're gonna get and it's funny enough celeste was the one that like somebody's i think it was like some supermodel's like boyfriend or something had this layout of the black with the swipe black and white with the swipe and funny enough my new press kit that i was working on was all in black and white because i wanted to do all my branding from here on out in black and white and i was like i love this because i love the color in a lot of the photos that i've taken or a lot of the uh, artwork that i get made or whatever and i was like but to go only black and white i don't know if i'm gonna uh, if i can go all in so 
I talked about, talked about it with some people, but they're like, why don't you just do this? Where it's like, you keep majority of like your branding black and white, but like have the option. Because at Instagram, what's nice is you have that option to swipe for the, for the color. So it was a win-win for me because I, I, I could convert over. So if you look at my page, it's nice and clean because it's got all like the black and white photos. But also if you really want to see the color one, you can. But yeah, it does look like I got a lot more content than, it, than, I, than I truly do. No, but, I think it's sick, man. I actually think it looks really quiet. It's like, because every time I look at it, I was like, you notice the black and white, and then you click and you start seeing it. Like, honestly, man, I think it's creative. It's different. I've never seen another, pro- I've seen black and white. I'm on, like, a bunch of our buddies do it, but I've never seen the, the double, which I think is really cool. I think just the black and white gives us a really cool feel. And that's yeah. the funny thing is, like, is my, the man, my management was like, listen, like, your new press kit is black and white. Like, why did you do that in black and white if all your shit's color? And I was like, good point like well and i had all these i had all these new like artwork that was going to put like for all my like my images during my sets on the led screens and stuff like that it was all black and white so i was like i might as well try to come up with something i need to get a little bit better on like facebook and twitter and shit but for now i think the instagram is like the main outlet that everyone's paying attention to so as long as instagram and the live shows it's all in black and white and it stays really clean like that's that's important to me and that yeah the biggest thing is branding like that's what gets everybody excited these days apparently i don't know i've been told this <laughs> like the right branding like everyone all everyone in marketing is like yo like make sure your branding's tight and i'm like i like i guess i'm going black and white it's on brand it's got to be on brand on brand yeah so <laughs> any any paint any pinks or pastel blues i'm out all right <laughs> none of that shit <laughs> like, like keep it black and white no oh, i don't I like know it. i like i like the colors bro i like the colors but i just like there's something about it i, I majority of the time i only wear black anyway so it kind of all kind of fits within yeah, so slowly easing my way into like everything black and white i will soon but i don't know i still enjoy the color but yeah i guess yeah but that's basically it, it was just a branding thing i like it man you like it but, yeah that's good yeah. That's um, chef we were talking about um hello sunday series so yeah i know what it is but that that's kind of your new big project you're working on so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that yeah, yeah so basically um i wanted to i i miss like i said i i, I miss djing and i miss playing for my friends and I miss like playing these shows and all these things. So the part of me was like, okay, how can I do this? Because every DJ and their brother and sister right now are playing shows on live streams. Like every single person is doing all these live streams right now. So I was just like, I need to differentiate myself and do something that one people will are going to be attracted to and want to come listen to. And also I wanted to have, I want to incorporate some kind of donation or some kind of giving back in within, within what I was doing. So basically I spoke with um, Derek Brenzel from Red Bull and I spoke with a bunch of people because right now from Long McQuaid to rent gear, because typically I just walk into a venue, I plug in a USB stick and I'm good to go. Now I got to literally have all the gear set up myself, make sure it sounds okay, do all these crazy things. But anyways, I had to rent gear and it's like close to a thousand bucks because you can only rent gear for a month only now. So it's like during this time, it's like, it's tough, man. Just like drop a grand, but it's like, I got to do it. So whatever. Anyways, I talked to Red Bull. I talked to um, Kyle Springs, who's my buddy's the head of that company, and a bunch of others. And, and they're like, hey, we'll pay for the equipment. Just let, let's work on this together. And I got an idea. Why don't we do it where we give back? Because Red Bull, especially because they're, they're in the bar and service industry, um, they're like, do you want, what if we gave, what if we had a donation link when we did it to, we gave back to all these bars and restaurants that are independent ones, the smaller ones in Toronto that are struggling right now. And I, I, I thought that that was exactly what I wanted to do. I'm in these bars and clubs all the time. I'm either DJing at them or I'm just there hanging out. So I was like, let's give back to, you know, an industry that's helped me out so much and given me so much. 
So that was the big thing for me was like, I wanted to give back to them. I wanted to do it each week, every Sunday. And I, I learned over the last little bit, Toronto go, is hype on Sundays, bro. Hype. Like everyone over the last little while, I know like the disco brunch has been insane. at yes. Fair. And, and my buddy, shout out to my buddy, Bobby Love, who, who DJs actually does the best job ever. Bobby Love kills it at Disco Sundays. Oh my God. Dude, killed I've never been, to be honest, like I've never seen, like I've been, I played a lot of shows and I've, I've been to shows where the energy is just mental, but I've never seen people so happy than at those shows. Like everybody's in a good mood. Everyone shows up. It's just, it's just gotten crazy. And I think because of that, a lot of other Sunday events have just popped off. Like parlors gone crazy. There's a lot of uh, like stuff. And now the weather's getting nicer. I was I was positive that throughout this time there would be more um, Sunday uh, fun like, on Sunday Sunday fun days because the industry can get involved. Everyone go party and like to be honest, even if you work on Monday, you get drunk and then you're in bed by like 9 p.m. Like day drinking is my favorite <laughs> thing. Really is my favorite thing. You have a hangover by 8 p.m. It's fine. Like you're good. Just sleep it off. Like you're fine. So, so yeah, I think Sundays became a big thing, and then for it to just come to a halt, it like separated everybody when everyone was came together and ever like the city like literally came together on Sunday. So I was like, let's do two hours every Sunday. Let's give back to bars and you know get wherever you are, like turn it on, like like crank it up for two hours and just like pretend like we're we're back to normal until we are back to normal. So that's the main thing right now, and everybody's been so behind it, and the first one went off really well. And, um, yeah, the next one is next Sunday. We're going to do one at uh, Melrose and Adelaide. I think I'm actually going to go to the venue this time. We got, we've cleared it now. Everything's fine. And I think I'm going to go. And the big thing I want to do is I want to do it behind each of the bars. I want to set up on the bar so it looks like I'm, like, almost, like, where I'm, like, bartending. And it's, like, all the cameras are on the bar so you pretend like you're actually there kind of thing. Um, so the first one was Ruby Soho. And the only, the only issue I found with Ruby Soho, why I didn't do it there, was because, like, <laughs> I'm like the hot corner of King and Portland and like they have all their windows and doors open. So if I was DJing in that corner, it would have attracted way too many people and it would have made me look so bad for like all the people showing up that and like just not properly social distancing. So this one, at least Melrose on Adelaide, it's right in the corner. I'm just going to hide myself in there at the bar, DJ it next Sunday and uh, it's Mother's Day. So I'm going to be um, going to try to, I'm going to try to do something kind of nice either for my mom or like from all mothers out there. So I'm going to try to organize something along those lines. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So that's, that, yeah, that's, that's basically all it is. And I just wanted to grow into something cool. Cause like, I'm actually, the reason why it's called Hello Sunday is because I was given a vocal from this amazing vocalist from my publishing company and, and it was called Hello Sunday. And so if this, uh, what, uh, what I want to do is I wanted to, this to kind of, you know, help the momentum and the marketing of the track. So when it does come out, it's like, it all kind of fits in the line together. So that's yeah. one of the, that, that's one of that's another one of the not including the four but on brand so it's all on brand. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i love it man that's a great no I, like i actually that's a great idea that's that's really cool hello sundays also it has a good ring to it it does like, I think it's, it does. like a party in a bed like hello sunday catch you man i think i think it's gonna like honestly hopefully this this clears up a little bit trying to get some day parties going on the sundays and it, it should take off. that's the, i mean that's the plan right to, to plant the seed now get people watching it, get the momentum up a little bit. Um, you know, even if it's possible to try to like have it where, you know, on Twitch or whatever you have, I can bring another DJ on, let's say. So I play for the first hour yeah. and like have it. Shift so the camera goes on like somewhere else in the city, like wherever it is and have someone else play for the second hour, just to kind of differentiate a little bit and also take a little bit of the effort off of me. So I'm just play for two hours. Every, I plan a set every week for two hours. 
But um, no, I just want to, I think it'd be really cool and you can develop into something really cool. And then when this is all done, we can make it into this, you know. Weekly Sunday really, party. That's I'll, what, tell, I'll put my promoter shoes back on, buddy. I got you. Okay. Yes, Freddie Ricky is back. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I can't wait. You like, if I was one person I was going to call to help promote events, like the sell, the sales guy himself, Ricky, coming in hot. You uh-huh. can get anybody to come to any event, for real. Maybe maybe he's, he's five years ago I could have. Seven years ago I could have. Not not now. Now I bring my four buddies and that's it. It's like riding a bike, Rick. It's like riding a bike. Oh, <laughs> Any man. Sunday party. You call Ricky for a Sunday party with either like tropical or disco music. That guy would that guy would if it was Mother's Day brunch, you would leave to go. No, I wouldn't leave Mother's Day brunch. <laughs> Father's Day brunch, yeah. Father's Day brunch, I'm out. Picture Ricky down king like in full force, like I had fast. Oh, he's, he's, this guy loves it, man. Here's the first note saxophone, and Ricky's out the door. See, you. <laughs> I think I hear it. What's this? What's that yeah. pitch? That's That's that is- <laughs> oh, no, I, the thing is, I want this to become something bigger, and and I want you know, when this is all done, think of that energy and that happiness and that just like something. It's like you know, we've been deprived of 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 something that we're so used to, and you know, I think everyone misses it as much as I do. But it's like the second that we get back at this it's going to be one hell of a party. And that's why I wanted to kind of plant the seed now and, and, and develop it. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be fun as fuck when we can finally get back into it. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Chef. Well, you know, we'll be there for sure. And we'll, uh, we'll make sure we plug it as well in the, uh, in the, in the, in the bio. So we'll have it in there too. If anyone wants to check it out and check out the stream and stuff like that. Whatever I need, need hands on some pals merch. I saw it looks, looks we'll, lit. We'll get you some chef. Yeah. We'll get you some put together oh, yeah. a nice little care package for you. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Chef, before we wrap up, uh, we got one question, but I want to ask you one, one as well. If there was a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, oh man, that's so hard. We've had some good answers on this one so far, too. Okay. Um, like, I'm sure everyone says Leo, but, like, that for me would be the number one. But like I know that that's something that everybody would say. But I'm just trying to think if there's somebody better that I could think of. Oh, can I like today? You, you can give us a, like an actor from like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, I go back in time. Yeah, you can go back in time. I want like young Al Pacino, like Scarface Al Pacino. Okay, like Godfather Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. Godfather Al Pacino, like as him as like Michael, nice, like soft spoken, like him attending. Imagine, imagine Al Pacino putting headphones on. And, like, <laughs> Like just like ripping and like getting angry at people and like and like and like sessions and shit like dude for sure. That's honestly a very good answer. Definitely. I'd say Al Pacino. Yeah, I'd say I mean Leo is, is an easy one because like he would play anybody amazing and Wolf of Wall Street's obviously and all of his movies are my favorite. But a young a young Al Pacino is 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 my go-to. I think. Awesome. And George, you want to uh, ask our last one? The last one. The last one. If you could give any piece of advice to your younger self. A young up and comer producer, DJ, whatever. What is one piece of advice you would give? <sighs> the younger me. Well, I would have skipped the whole fuckboy phase. There's number one. <laughs> but, but, I, but, <laughs> but I think it made me who I who I am. So I think you know that that that's one thing. But I think um, the main thing was is I there were so many moments when you know I second guessed or or got really down on myself for not being where 
like let's say like so when loud luxury and i were like at like equal playing fields like everything was all good and then when they kind of took off like i kind of was really hard on myself because i was like i I was just like couldn't understand why i didn't do the same thing and it was like an envious thing but also like i love those guys it wasn't like anger towards them or anything but at the same time i was like i was jealous and i was just i was i was so mad at myself that i wasn't you know able to get there right away but really like it, it just took it just takes longer sometimes and and to be honest, I found a different avenue and a different way of making music that I that I loved way more. So I think it's just like patience is the number one thing, and and don't get down on yourself and don't second guess. If you feel that everything is 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 you're in the right place and you're working on something, even if things aren't going your way for a while, which which they weren't, you know, don't get as down as don't get down on yourself and just keep working and keep grinding because in time, good things always happen. So you just keep at it. That's, that's the main thing. It's just like, yeah, I think don't that, that yeah. Patience, don't get down on yourself and just keep pushing, man. And, 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 and all, if, as long as you're still having fun, like, which I always do every single time I, 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 I do that, a DJ or make music, I'm in the right place. So that's basically it. That's great. Advice. Awesome. And I mean, you have to, right? you've been putting it eight years. So hopefully you keep on that with that mindset. And then like you look back in the next eight years and it's the sky's the limit, right? So just keep it up. Uh, that's the plan, man. That's the plan. That's awesome. Shep, if yeah. people want to find more about you, get to know you more, how can they do it? Yeah, uh, my website is uh, ryanshepardmusic.com. Um, no one ever spells my last name right because, you know, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D is, is the uh, the Bible spelling and everyone always goes two Ps. I, I literally played, I played a full season of hockey with P-P-A-R-D on my back <laughs> when I played double A. I'm not going to lie. Like, I asked the coach, he's like, eh, and never got it done. <laughs> Same thing happened in soccer too. So yeah, it's, it's uh, RyanShepherdMusic.com, um, RyShepherdMusic at Instagram, which I'm the most mad at too because somebody has an inactive account as Ryan Shepherd only, and inact it's been active Jeez. inactive for two years. I've tried to get in touch with them. I've got in touch with anybody on Instagram. So if anybody has connections on Instagram <laughs> that can remove this other Ryan Shepherd that doesn't exist. I want that that handle, but yeah, it's, it's Ry Shepherd Music um, is my is my handle, and that's basically it on uh, the rest of it too. Find me on every streaming pa- platform. Um, subscribe to my stuff on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, all that fun stuff. And yeah, just show my music to your friends. Listen to it at parties because it's it's pretty good for that kind of stuff. So please do and please share it with everybody. And yeah, it's about it. We'll put all your handles in the episode description. One funny story about spelling names wrong. When Georgie first started going under the Givon B tagline, we were doing Cobra Sunday, uh, Cobra London on Fridays, and it was their big EDM night. Uh, Cobra, Lon- Cobra London was fucking awesome. It was yeah, such a- it was the best. It was, it was insane. So Maddie gave me and Ready the, uh, it was me and Ready and Ollie. We were the three promoters on the night, basically. <laughs> and me and Ready were like, we need Georgie, we need our buddy. And Maddie's Greek, George's Greek. They were like, yeah, perfect, awesome. So Maddie's like, what's his name? What's his DJ name? I'm like, Givon B. So we spell it out, right? It's B-E at the end. The first poster comes, or the first two posters come out. It's like Max Vangeli and like, no, not Max. I, I can't remember who they were, but they're like, like decent sized DJs, right? And they're both, George's name is spelled wrong on both of them. So good. And George is like, man, can we change it? I'm like, man, it's too late. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two weeks in a row is the worst. My first like big show Man, and I was like, I saw him. I was like, man, this is so annoying. And then I was like, guys, this is wrong. He's like, yo, fix for the next one. The next, a week later, comes back. I was like, dude, what the? 
He's like, sorry, man, next one. I was like, Rick, I swear to God, if you don't, I'm out of here. It wasn't even me, though. It wasn't even me. It wasn't my fault. And the amount of, dude, I, my name still gets spelled wrong on flyers. Dude, yeah. I spelled your name wrong when I sent this invite. I typed in Shepard. I was like, wait, this doesn't look right. I had to open Instagram. I was like, backspace, backspace, backspace. <laughs> I typed it in the right way. I, I got a flyer recently. I don't know what it was for. I was some show. And, like, they were so proud of it, too. They're like, like, we really hope you like it, Ryan. And, like, the photo was dope. They, you can tell they put hours in this flyer. And they spelled my name. They butchered it. And I was like, well, I was like, everything looks great except for my name being wrong. And they were so embarrassed and they felt so bad. But I was like, I was like, it, it, I was like, don't worry. It literally has happened my entire life. You're, you're good. Like, it's, as long as it doesn't go out like that now, like that, I'm happy. That's I'll make sure I double check you before I post this episode. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. This was honestly and honestly, oh, I can't, I just said honest twice, but this was great, man. Appreciate it. No, it's yeah. good. It means it was good. So I appreciate it, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, uh, yeah, I really appreciate uh, you guys being on the show. And yeah, we can't wait to get uh, get out of the quarantine and back together, uh, having a couple drinks on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. baby. Hello, Sunday. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Sunday, let's go. All right, boys. All Cheers. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Boys, we've got to take our pick now. Hold on. Let's do this. Hold on. Let's get your ugly in here. Flow is nice here, right? Eh? <laughs> oh yeah. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. No. Okay. Boys, honestly, great conversation, man. Chef, so we're, oh, so we'll announce the contest um when we release the episode. So you said it was about a hat and a shirt. Yeah. 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 Beauty. Yeah, so what we'll do is, yeah, we'll do just the same thing we did. Follow us, follow you, tag a friend, and we'll pick a winner at random. Sounds good, man. Beauty. So we're going to release this. It'll most likely be Sunday night or Monday morning next week, or okay, like perfect. a week today, basically. Awesome. Okay, man. All right. Beauty, chef. Thanks again, buddy. Yeah.